chapter and the 12th verse. If you don't have a Bible with you today, you can raise your hand real high and our ushers would be glad to loan you one of ours. Um, we just ask that you leave it on the seat when you leave so we can use it again next time. First Peter, the fourth chapter and the 12th verse. Notice the Bible says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. Uh, has anybody ever been through any fiery trials? Anybody going through any fiery trials? Uh, and guess what? There's more fiery trials ahead. There's fiery trials that we all have to go through. And the Bible says here that we shouldn't think it's strange concerning these fiery trials which try us as though some strange thing happened to us. And, and notice, if you would, in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 13th verse, talking about fiery trials today, fiery trials, the trials of life, the, the crises of life, the trials of life. Notice right here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says no temptation. And actually, if you study that word temptation out, you could also translate it trials. And we could say fiery trials. We could read it like this. No fiery trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. You need to understand that none of us are exempted from the trials of life. None of us are exempted from the, the uh, crises of life. None of us are exempted from these difficult situations of life. And it says here that no temptation or no, tri- no fiery trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Uh, you need to realize this. You're not going through something that no one else has ever gone through. You need to realize that. Everything that you're going through or that you've been through or that you might go through, it's happened to somebody else and is happening to other people and will happen to other people. These fiery trials hit us all. They come to us all. They come in, in different things. Sometimes it's, it's a financial situation and, and the finances are tight or there's not enough. Or, or maybe you're, you've been looking for a job and looking for a job and, and one has not materialized, you know. And, and the finances are tight and the pressure can, can get very, 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 very heavy. There's uh, no pressure quite like financial pressure when there's more bills than there, than there is money. Um, and, and so the, the, the financial trials of life, the fiery trials, has anybody ever been through a financial fiery trial where you just didn't know, uh, how you were going to make ends meet and you just, you know, you couldn't hardly sleep at night. Uh, those, those are trials, you know, um, and, and, and maybe there's a physical thing in your body that, 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 that the devil has hit you with, you know, some form of sickness or disease or something like that, 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 that those things can be very, very difficult, very, very hard. But you need to realize concerning these fiery trials, when they hit you, don't 
think it to be some strange thing, we all go through these fiery trials. And nobody's exempted from them. And and everybody has to go through or has to deal with some form of fiery trial. If you're a human being, you qualify for fiery trials. You need to realize that. And But notice as we read on here in 1 Corinthians 10.13, says, No temptation or no fiery trial, we could say, has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Now, let's realize, say, God is faithful. faithful. Yeah, let's say it one more time. God is faithful. faithful. Now, you know, that's good news, isn't it? He is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted. Or we could say tried beyond what you are able. So you're going through something and you think, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. You need to realize that God is faithful in whatever it is that you're going through right now. He will not ever allow that thing to be more than what you could overcome. Now, I didn't say the trial came from God. Do you understand that? But I will say this, because the fiery trials, the, the devil hits us with these things. And, and just living in this world, you know, sometimes the devil doesn't even have anything to do with it. It's just living in this world. But the good news is, is that God is faithful in whatever trial you're going through. God will not allow that trial to be more than what you're able to deal with, than what you're able to bear. And then the Bible says, but with this temptation or with this trial, with this fiery trial, God will also make the way of what? The way of escape. Now, isn't that good to know? That no matter how hot the fire is in your fiery trial, God won't ever let that fire get so hot where you can't endure it. And as as hot as that trial can be, God will make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it or overcome it. So what I want to do here is I want to give you three things. Three things on how you can find the way of escape from the fiery trial that you're going through. Three ways that you can find as, as a way of escape... To the fiery trials you're going through. The first one is in Ephesians 6 verse 16. Let's turn there. Ephesians 6 verse 16. Ephesians 6 verse 16. Three things that we can do. That if we'll do these things, we'll be able to bear this fiery trial. We'll be able to make our way through it and escape it. Notice and really come out better than we were before. Notice here in Ephesians 6.16, first thing says this. Above all, taking the what? The what? The the what? The shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the what? Fiery darts of the wicked one. So right there is one thing you can do. Take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts, fiery darts. See that? We're talking about fiery trials. Taking the shield of faith with with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery trials or the fiery darts of the wicked one. So it's the shield of faith. Or we could say it this way, keep your faith in God. Keep your trust in God. 
no matter what you're going through, no matter how hot that fire is that, that the devil's hitting you with. Notice it talks about the fiery darts or the trials of the wicked one. No matter how hot that fire is, keep your faith in God. Keep your faith in God. Keep your faith in God. Listen to me, I'm telling you, keep your faith in God. Sometimes the fire of the enemy can get so hot that you wonder if God even cares about you anymore. But I'm here today to tell you, God does care about you. And keep your faith in God. The Bible says God is faithful. So since he's faithful, let's us be faithful to him. And let's us keep our faith in him while we're going through these fiery trials. That's the first thing. Now the second thing we can do is found in First Peter, the fourth chapter. First Peter, the fourth chapter. First is keep your faith in God. That's pretty easy to remember. Keep your trust in Him. Second thing we can do when we're going through these fiery trials is found in 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Notice this. 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Now we opened with this scripture just a moment ago. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But notice the first two words of verse 13. But what? But... But what? Yeah, real loud, say rejoice. rejoice. Yeah, one more time, rejoice. rejoice. Yeah, so the Bible tells us what to do. Uh, uh, rejoice, rejoice. When you're going through some fiery trial, and we all go through them, none of us are exempt. We need to remember to keep our faith in God and rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Now somebody says, well, you know, what, what do you mean rejoice in the Lord? Well, look at James 1 verse 2. Look at James chapter 1 verse 2. James chapter 1 verse 2. Notice what the Holy Spirit said to us, to the church through James. Notice this. My brethren, my brethren, he's talking to Christians here. He says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various what? Various trials. And we could say fiery trials. I mean, we could say that. And so he tells us again here what we're supposed to do. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So when you're in the midst of that fiery trial, first thing you just, hey, I'm going to keep my faith in God. And then the second thing you do is you rejoice or you count it all joy. Well, you know, when I heard that years ago, it just kind of was vague to me. What, what am I supposed to do? Actually, as you study it out, the, the Bible here in James 1 and 2 is telling us to take command of yourself. Take control of yourself. Have you ever had, when you've been in the midst of something that's coming against you, have you ever had your mind just go like 10,000 in 10,000 directions all at once? Has anybody that happened to anybody besides me? And, and Well, the Bible is telling us here when it says count it all joy, to take control of yourself, take command of yourself. One, one way of saying it is take authority over yourself. We could, we could, we could say it this way. Take yourself by the ear and make this, make yourself rejoice. Find something to rejoice about. Yeah, I don't have enough money to pay the bills. Take your, find something to, bless God, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Now you could rejoice all day over that. Is that right? Could you, how many could rejoice all day just over the fact you're not going to hell? You're going to heaven. 
Amen. And, and, and God is faithful. Didn't we read that just a moment ago? Well, just rejoice in that. God is faithful. He's faithful. I, he can be counted on. Re- find things that you do have that God has given you in the midst, no matter how hot the fire that the, the devil has, has, just find something. Take authority over yourself. Take control over yourself and make the, make yourself rejoice. Praise God. I, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell. God is faithful. God loves me. And just, just rejoice in that and and, and the Bible says that that's what we're supposed to do now that's easier said than done how many of you know it is it's easier said than done but that's what the Bible says to do and that's what we must do if we're going to make our way through the trials of life amen can anybody say amen so first thing is what have faith in God second thing is count it all joy Count it all joy. Now notice here is an example in 2 Corinthians the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians the 12th chapter. We have an example, a Bible example of somebody who did this. Notice right here, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. This is the Apostle Paul. He was a man of God. He served God. And, and, and the devil hit him with every kind of thing you can imagine all kinds of fiery trials let me tell you you start really serving God and making a difference for God uh, the devil's going to hit you with everything he's got did you hear me he's going to turn the heat up just as hot as he can as he can turn it but notice right here the apostle Paul he said unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of who Oh, so it wasn't God, was it, that gave it, huh? A thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, a a fiery trial. Actually, if you study the the Apostle Paul's life, as he was serving God, how many, have you ever discovered this, that you can serve God and follow God and do what you're supposed to be doing for God and, and still get in the trials of life? How many, how many has ever discovered that besides me? And the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul was doing that. He was serving God. He was doing everything he knew to do for the Lord. And yet we see him again and again and again in in fiery trials, one right after the other. And it says right here, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan. You study his life out and you see that that these fiery trials that that he had to go through had to do with persecution and rejection. Persecution and rejection. Has anybody ever been rejected in here besides me? I know what it's like to be rejected. I remember all my life, from the time I was a kid, I wanted to teach math in the Rockwood School District. I wanted to teach there. And uh, and so I, I graduated with a mathematics degree from UMSL in 1986. And... and uh, uh, and, 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 and I applied in the Rockwood School District and, and they wouldn't give me the time of day. And I graduated from the Rockwood School District. I graduated from Eureka High School in 1981. And, and so I thought, surely they'll hire me. I'm a product of their system. And uh, n- nothing. And so I go along and I'm teaching over there at Merrimack, you know, teaching co- uh, college math, you know. And uh, the one day the lady, there's a lady in my class, she walks up after about the fourth or fifth session, she walks up and she says, 
She says, uh, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the president of the school board in Rockwood School District. And I said, really? And she said, how would you like to uh, have a job in the Rockwood School District teaching math? This is the president talking to me. I said, sounds good to me. She said, well, she said, uh, just send, send your stuff back in. And so I did. And wouldn't you know, just in, just in a couple of weeks time, I get a letter. Now they're going to, they're going to interview me. And I had two interviews lined up. Praise God. So I go to the both interviews and then the people tell me, you know, that it'll be a couple of weeks and we'll contact you. And so the letter comes in the mail. And I remember I went out there and I opened it because I just, I mean, the president wants me in. I got to be in. And I read and say, we regret to inform you. Blah, 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 blah. Have you ever, how many ever cried besides me? And so I thought, well, maybe it's a hope for the second one, you know. And another week came by and the letter got on the letter. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, that's, that's really being rejected when, when the president wants you in and you can't get in. Learned out, found out later that God didn't want me in. He didn't want me to teach there. Because if I'd have got the jobs that I interviewed for, it would have hindered us. And when we started this church, we started this church in Rockwood Summit up the road there. If I'd have been teaching there, well, I won't get into all the details of it, but it would have hindered the church. You know, here's what I learned out of it. If, if, if God don't want you in, you don't want in. Did you hear me? I said, if God don't want you in, you don't want in. Amen. And even if the president wants you in, if God don't want you in, how many of you know God outranks a president? Huh? How many of you know he outranks a president lives in that White House over there on the East? Is that right? How many of you glad he outranks? How many of you glad he outranks the Congress and the Senate? Huh? Amen. Glory to God. Just when you think they don't know what's going on, how many of you know God knows what's going on, doesn't he? I mean, this nation, we're going through some fiery trials, aren't we? Aren't we? But how many of you know God is bigger? Amen? Amen. Praise God forevermore. So the, I know what it's like to be rejected. And, uh, you know, that was all those years ago. And when I came through it, it made me a better person. And we're still just going right on down the road. Amen? And so on and so forth. The Apostle Paul, he was rejected every which way you could be rejected. All these trials. He had professional rejectors and persecutors working on him. Have you ever been, how many has ever been persecuted? Have you ever been persecuted by a professional? You know what I mean by that? Well, these were some professional people, religious people. They would actually go ahead of Paul and they'd get the whole environment stirred up against him before he showed up. And then they'd follow in behind him. They had a front team and a back team. They just persecuted him every which way. And they didn't just persecute him. Sometimes they beat him up. How many say beat him up? They beat him up a couple of times, didn't they? One time left him for dead. They persecuted this man and they lied on him and they told all kinds of wrong things on him. They persecuted him and you can read all the things that he went through. But, but, but notice this, this case here, he's talking about a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And then verse eight, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Now, a lot of times people say, well, God told him no. No, God didn't tell him no. God said that his grace was sufficient. How many of you have found God's grace to be sufficient? Amen. He said, my grace is sufficient. And then he says, therefore, now watch this. We're talking about rejoicing. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast. Now, that word boast doesn't mean to be prideful. That word boast means to be joyful. And Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather be joyful in my infirmities, in my weaknesses, in these trials, in these tests, in these things that are coming against me. He says, therefore, most gladly, I will. I'll take control over myself. I'll take control over my thoughts. I will be joyful in these weaknesses, in these trials, that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Listen, when you're going through those trials, you need the power of Christ to rest on you. And the way to get to the power of Christ is by being joyful in the midst of an unjoyful situation. Now notice verse 10. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in weaknesses, in infirmities, in trials, in these tests. I take pleasure in it. Uh, I count it all joy. When the devil's fire gets Hotter than ever, I'm going to rejoice even more. And every time the devil turns up the heat, I'm going to turn up my rejoicer. Amen. And what happens? The power of Christ rests on you. And then he says in reproaches, in needs. See, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am what? I am strong. But how do you get to the power of Christ? How do you get to the strength? You get to it by remaking yourself, taking control over yourself, slamming the table if you have to at yourself and saying, I'm going to rejoice even though I don't have very much to rejoice about. I'm going to find some things. Thank God I'm going to heaven and not hell. Thank God that he's faith I mean and then you I tell you what and when you do that the power of Christ comes on you the anointing comes on you the power of God comes on you and then you're able to withstand the fire can anybody say amen Amen. and then the third thing first thing was what have faith in God second thing was what rejoice and the last thing is this turn to Daniel the third chapter it's this When you're in the midst of that fire, don't bow. Don't bow. Don't bow down. Or we could say it this way. Don't give in to the devil's pressure. Don't give in. Don't bow. Don't compromise. Stand your ground. Have you ever heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Known as the three Hebrew children. And the king passed a law or an edict that when the music played... Everybody in the land had to bow down and worship this uh, idol that the king Nebuchadnezzar had built of himself. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these were young people, probably in their late teens, probably early 20s, somewhere in there. And uh, more, more than likely, young, young people, young, young teenagers, teens, youth, you know, and uh, And they had made a decision to serve God and they were going to serve God no matter what it cost them. They had made a quality decision to serve God. And when this law was passed in the land, that when the music played, that everybody had to bow down and worship the golden idol, you know, that Nebuchadnezzar had built, you know, of himself, they they weren't going to do it. 
Now, I believe that we ought to follow the laws of the land, but the Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. Is that right? And so I'll follow the speed limit. I'll follow, I'll follow all those laws, you know. We'll do all that. But if they ever passed a law that we had to worship the president, I'm not going to do it. Huh? Or that we had to worship the Congress, I'm not going to do it. Or if they pass a law that says I can't teach the word of God, I'm not going to follow that law. Did you hear me? Yeah, but they might put you in jail. Well, they're going to have to get through God to do it. And if they put me in jail, I'll be like the Apostle Paul. We'll get people in jail saved. Amen. Huh? I mean, we'll follow the laws of the land as long as they don't violate the word of God. Amen. And so you see, with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were law abiding citizens. All right. But there was a law passed that they had to worship someone other than the God of heaven, you know, and they weren't going to do it. And word came to the king. And so the king essentially gives them a second chance. Notice in Daniel 3.15, he said, Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and so on. In other words, the king says, we're going to play the music again. In symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. That's what the king said. We're giving you guys another chance. They called in, See, they were called in before the king. But then he says, if you do not worship... You shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. We're talking about fiery trials, see? If you don't bow down, if you don't worship, if you don't compromise, if you don't give in, then you're going to be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? That's what he said to these young people. These three young men. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able. Didn't we read where God is faithful? He's able. He won't allow us to hit any fire that, that that's that's you know you understand that, that that we can't overcome he says our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand o king but if not but if not you ought to underline that but if not let it be known to you o king that we do not serve your gods nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up notice right here they said we are not going to bow down and let it be known to you king that we are not going to bow down to you and and we know that god will deliver us But even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow down. Now I can say amen right there. If you want, if you want to, uh, be able to make it through the fiery trials of this life, have faith in God, rejoice in the midst of them, but don't make a decision that you are not going to bow down. That you are not going to compromise, that you are not going to give in on the principles of the Word of God. And you see, they made that decision. See, I've ran into a lot of people over the years. I'm talking about Christians now that, that they were going to serve God as long as God was doing everything that they thought he should do. They were going to serve God as long as God was just jumping through all their hoops. Just as long as everything was going just like they thought it should. But you see, uh, 
we have to under, and then when things got hot, those people would, would cave in and, and when the, when the fires of the enemy got turned up, those people cave in, give up all kinds of things. Some of them not even serving God today. But you see, we have to make a decision that we're going to serve God and we're confident that He will deliver us. But even if He doesn't deliver us, we're still going to serve Him. Amen? How many of you would agree with me on that? That even if he doesn't deliver me, I'm still going to serve him. Like Job said, even though God, if you slay me, I'm still going to trust in you. We need to get that attitude about us. We need to have that 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 persona about us that we're going to serve God. We're confident. We have faith in him that he's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still going to serve him anyway. We're still not going to bow down to the devil. And that's what these three Hebrew uh, children, what these young men, that's what they said to the king. We're not going to bow down we know our God will deliver us but even if he doesn't we're we're still not going to bow down and as you read on you can see that the king got mad I mean he got mad the Bible says the countenance on his face changed and he became very very angry and he told his henchmen to go out there and, and turn up the heat turn up the fire of that furnace and make it seven times hotter than it was before and then he said to have Shadrach Meshach and Abednego thrown into the midst of the fiery furnace And so they turned the furnace up seven times hotter than it was before. And they went up and they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they they, they bound them up, you know, and they tied their hands up. And and they threw them into the midst of the fiery furnace. And the Bible said that the king's henchmen, as they threw them into the fiery furnace, you know, that the henchmen were burned up. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're tossed into the midst of the fiery furnace. Right in the middle of the devil's furnace. Right in the middle of the most fiery place you could ever be, you know. And then the king decided he was going to go up and check on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Go up and see their ashes, you know. And so he goes up there and he looks into the fiery furnace. And as he looks into the midst of the fire, the Bible says he sees Shadrach, he he sees Meshach, he sees Abednego. But then he also sees a fourth person walking around in the midst of that fiery furnace. One like unto the Son of God, Jesus showed up. Can you say amen? Say amen again. Glory to God. That, that, that excites me. I tell you what, that gets me, that gets my motor running right there. Praise God. If you hadn't figured that out. Think about that right in the midst of the fiery furnace of the devil and they're not burned. They're not hurt. They're walking around in the midst of fire. The Bible says that the fires had no power over their bodies. Glory to God. Burned the ropes off. They're walking around. Jesus in the midst of the fire walking around with them. They come out of that fire. The Bible says they weren't singed. They weren't, they weren't hurt. They weren't singed. They didn't even smell of smoke. Glory to God. And when they came out, it affected the king so much that he uh, began to honor their God. He began to honor the God of heaven. Praise God. And then the Bible says that the king was so impressed that he gave him a promotion. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 
right out of the midst of the fiery trials if we'll just have faith in God, if we'll just rejoice, and if we just refuse to bow, we can come out on the other side and we can, we can, as a result of that, we can have an effect on other people. Nebuchadnezzar, that evil old king was affected. He made God the God of the land and he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe you're here today and you're going through this fiery, horrible trial. You just don't know what you, what you're gonna do. I've told you what to do today. Have faith in God. Count it all joy and refuse to bow, bow down. Refuse to give up and quit. Refuse to compromise. And I'll tell you, you'll be just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You'll come out on the other side of that thing. Praise God. And you'll see, I, I'm not even hurt. I'm not even singed. I don't even, I don't even smell like smoke. Glory to God. And the next thing you know, ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, you'll answer the phone and, and it'll be the boss saying, you know what? I just decided to promote you. Glory to God. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Hello. Hey, hey, you know what? I've decided to hire you. You hadn't been able to get a job for six, six months, a year. All of a sudden people calling you promotion. Can you say amen? Glory to God forevermore. Praise God. Well, notice we'll close with this scripture. I'm going to read it out of the message Bible. And it says this in first Peter four thirteen. the last part of that verse says, as a result of the fiery trials, there is a spiritual refining process and glory is just around the corner. Glory is just around the corner. Promotion is just around the corner. Advancement is just around the corner out of the message Bible. And so I'm here today to tell you as I close this message, I want to encourage you again. We're all going to have to go through fiery trials. None of us are exempted. But when we're in the midst of those things, let's keep our faith in God. Let's count it all joy. Let's refuse to bow. And as a result, God will deliver us from that fire. And there's glory just around the corner. Say there's glory just around the corner. Say promotion's coming. Advancement's coming. It's just around the corner. Well, stand with me if you would. Praise God. Trust you got something out of this today. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Well, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just for a moment, if you're here.